The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to our guest now. Isaac Poole is Global CIO at Oriana Financial Services, joining us also from Singapore. So our reporter, Michael McKee, earlier said the main focus of the November Fed meeting is the December Fed meeting. How murky is their path given we have this downturn, but then you saw that rebound in US job openings? It, it is really murky and, and it is really challenging for the Fed to get their messaging right at their November meeting because it's, it is about the December meeting. Uh, the market is aching to hear how they're going to start slowing the, the pace of rate hikes. But then it's, uh, it's also about setting this up for 2023 and an eventual pause because the market is still pricing a pivot. They're still pricing a terminal rate uh, with rate cuts almost immediately after that terminal rate is reached. And that's never happened before from the Fed. They always get to a level and pause. So there's uh, there's quite a lot of work for the Fed to do to get that message across to markets um, and, and set up for the, for the next 12, 18 months. And what does that mean for Treasuries? Do we see a more flattening of the curve here, particularly when you've got that tight labour market? It's uh, it, it really does mean that, uh, that there's there is a risk of, uh, of curve steepening at some stage, and that's going to be bull steepening if the Fed loses hold of their narrative of the market, starts to believe rates are going to get so high so quickly that it forces a recession down on the economy. Uh, that tends to, to drive bull steepening in, in, the, uh, in the curve. And that's the point when recession really hits the, uh, the economy. So an inverted curve now it's telling us that at some point over the next three years, there'll be a recession. If we start to see that steepen really quickly, then we're in recession. And that's something the Fed needs to be really cautious and careful about. They want to extend this cycle, not, uh, not force, the, uh, force the recession on, on us in the next 12 months. You're saying, though, that you don't think there will be a recession next year. So moderately overweight U.S. equities, how much of a, of a rally do we see when we had that 8% gain in October on the S&P 500? Yeah, I mean, part part of that was um, just unwinding of the uh, of the ten year Treasury yield, reversing from its its peaks up around four thirty or so. Um, I, I think that there's coincidentally at the same time been a ratcheting down in earnings expectations, and and that really does reflect the uh, the expectation that there will be a recession. I mean, the consensus is for a recession early in twenty twenty three, and if the Fed can avoid that, then it provides quite a lot of upside still from here even. 
So we saw Chinese stocks rally very strongly yesterday afternoon on that unconfirmed uh, social post on the reopening. We've been tracking the rallies, though, in the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index, and mostly they're reversed if they gain around that 5% level. So do investors get burned again here, given there is actually no confirmation on these rumours? Yeah, I mean, it, it's challenging when you see these big rips off, uh, off unconfirmed rumours and that that means that there is quite a lot of scope for uh, for that to to back down if um yeah if we don't get some confirmation i think uh investors will be looking at china and and hoping to see some um some planning for an exit from the zero covid policy that would make a lot of sense but uh but i think rumors like this just uh just leave the outlook choppy volatile over over the near term and what about uh, in terms of what we see with Yuan, because that is also being, I guess, met, uh, hit hard by the, the dollar's strength. We're, we've heard, heard an ex-official say that the PBOC should be prepared to act like Japan on its FX and, and kind of intervene here. I think that, um, I mean, the, the PBOC will, will manage the, the um, Yuan to a basket of currencies and uh, and they, they could get concerned if it starts to show some sort of financial stability risk, particularly to Chinese companies who are paying uh, US dollar denominated debt. But but right now, you know, that, that currency is becoming more competitive. Uh, it doesn't seem to be driving any real financial stability issues. And and ultimately, the big macro story there is that uh, that China is effectively in recession, and uh, and there's no way out of that really until. Uh, we get a movement on on zero COVID. So it's appropriate for that currency to be weaker. I don't think the PBOC will be leaning too heavily uh, against that right now. It hasn't been a disorderly move really um, over, over the last six months in the currency. Okay, let's get back to some of the other central bank moves that we've seen in the region. I mean, we had the RBA yesterday with just a 25 basis point hike. You could argue they were among the first here to potentially slow down the tightening pace. What do you see in terms of further moves from the likes of the RBA and RBNZ? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's more hikes to go. I think the RBA has been really clear on that, that, that they need to get the, uh, the cash rate to restrictive and, and it's below 3% at this level it's not really restrictive we think above 3% gets restrictive uh, but I think they've been very sensible in saying look we, we need to tighten up we, uh, we know that we need to go further but we want to give ourselves a chance to, to prevent a recession that is unnecessary and avoidable really so I think that's going to be the, uh, the playbook for the RBA from here, perhaps hiking through to March, then, then we could see a pause. And, and I think the RBNZ is also getting closer to ending their rate hikes uh, than, than perhaps the market's anticipating. And that, that is something that will start to be seen around the rest of the world in other developed market central banks over the course of this year and, and certainly early next year. And how much does, as we were talking about tight labour markets earlier, but, but wages growth really complicate things here too when workers are demanding higher wages, consumers still very much want to spend? Yeah, I mean, tight labour markets are making this pretty challenging. Um, they, they, there is significant tightness coming through in, in Australia and the US globally. Uh, I, I think central banks want to see particip- participation rates pick up. They want to see demand soften and... And the, uh, historically, when we see rates tighten, that drop away can happen very, very suddenly and very, very quickly. But there's a real risk here that the uh, that central banks globally over-tighten and we are facing a disinflationary environment in 2023. And that is something I think 
they'll be looking to avoid at all costs. It'll make their credibility uh, very difficult to to maintain and retain in that, in that situation. So yes, there will be a focus on wages, but it's uh, it's probably um, something where they'll be cautious. All right, Isaac, always a pleasure. Thank you. Isaac Poole is Global CIO at Oriana Financial Services on the line for us from Singapore. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.